0: Hey, welcome thanks for joining us today we're discussing week two of the greatest story ever retold and it is restoration mike harman is back with us by popular demand, popular demand. Yeah. excellent <laughs> actually you have uh you have some some history that we would like to talk about so today's episode will probably be a little bit different than normal uh. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, mike's story and journey and uh so just warning might be a little different than what you're used to if, you, if you're a regular watcher. Uh, but before we begin, Aaron, would you mind giving us a free, free cap if anybody didn't watch?
1: So today kind of goes along with what we talked about last week in terms of belonging and God calling us in. And we're looking at the ideas of rejection and how so many of us deal with that deep in our hearts and souls. And we think some for some reason that God has rejected us, when the reality is is that we are be a people who have rejected God. And God is the one who has sought us and brought us back into relationship with Him again by His own love and His own grace. But because we feel rejected, we tend to reject those around us. We view other people around us as something that is, quote-unquote, other than we are, and we want to put them down and not connect with them and reject somebody before they can reject us. And if we come to the place of understanding how God has forsought us and brought us back to himself, I think we'll do much to mitigate our feelings of rejection when we understand that we have an acceptance that is greater than our biggest rejection.
2: That's a good good message people need to hear. You brought clarity to the problem that exists. That I don't think people want to own or mm-hmm. admit to mm-hmm. right? well, what's that? that that they we all suffer from rejection, but you know, some Act out and sin more because of it, or their, their coping mechanism is is much more. And we try to cover it by you know.
1: acting like we don't care. That's, yeah. That would be somebody I know. Yeah, I mean, it's but but we do we we run around and acting like it's like the embarrassment thing. You trip off a curb, you fall yeah. You look around hoping nobody saw it because yeah. we're so worried what people think. I meant to do that. Yeah, and the same thing with rejection. <laughs> if if we feel like we're getting rejected, we become like, oh, how dare you! And even if we're like torn apart inside, we're how yeah. dare you? Why? And, and and we, we just, distance
2: and reject them. Yeah. Before it gets too
1: yeah and and think about that. think about that in the political discourse we have today mm, yeah. it's it's just going through rejecting one another without ever listening to what someone 's saying or why they 're saying what they 're saying. I mean again, you could completely disagree, but that 's a difference between truth versus condemnation you know there, there's truth doesn't have to condemn somebody else. Truth can just be truth, and too mm. often when someone shares truth that says that we don 't like, we feel like it 's condemnation when it doesn 't have to be.
2: Mm-hmm correction feels like judgment and condemnation.
1: I think it'd be good to be curious about people's stories. The you know the stories of people that we don't understand why they do what what they do.
0: So Mike, have you how have you experienced rejection in your life? So it's never a
2: contest of who's got the best or worst story, right? Or the greatest story ever. But if it was. <laughs> but if it was, no. Because um, we all have unique stories, and they're all uh, relevant to us, but relative in other ways to each other. But there's pain, and pain affects us. And so for me, yeah, I've got history of abuse as a child, and so there were some real rejection issues there. And went through a divorce that suffered uh, a lot of rejection in that. But before I ever got to marriage and, and a failed marriage and a divorce, um, I was already really pretty well set up to struggle with rejection because of my past. But again, we all carry stories that bring that. It's just how we deal with it. And for me, I've dealt with rejection with a sense of self-protection. Although that's really an oxymoron. You know, we can't... When it comes to emotions, we can't self-protect. Mm. Uh, we need others to help protect us. And I was not willing to risk that. And so I always kept people at arm's length, you know, keep people at bay. If you don't get too close, you can't get hurt, right? And so I have a, a history of, of wanting desperately to be loved and cared for and engaged with people, but not knowing how to or being able to because I kept them at arm's length and always kept a facade, a mask, a front, as you mentioned last week. And to your rejection
1: is pumping iron in the of In the, the base of, of my
2: heart. <laughs> heart, yeah, and getting stronger. And that's where the shame builds, you know, because rejection does say there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I don't fit in. Look at everybody else. They're having a great time. They're doing well. They have friends. They feel deeply connected, and I didn't. And um, I had friends, but they weren't deep because I didn't let them get deep. You know, I'm a work in progress. It is, it's not, I'm not a done deal by any means. God has done a tremendous amount of healing in my life, though, and but even as recent as a month ago, not a, well, a little less than a month ago, um, during the Holy Spirit series, you said something about um identity, and then you said something about be, feeling like you're always on audition, always auditioning, excuse me. And 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 God just just um, heavy on my heart, I realized two things one, that I had been most of my life been auditioning for people, two, that in recent months that that had been. Diminished significantly, and they don 't need to I realized i didn 't need to um, probably i don 't know eight ten weeks ago we were Eric and Aaron and I were meeting, and i I, I shared with them how I, I always have a letter of resignation in my pocket and a packed bag uh, with me meaning i 'm metaphorically to, <laughs> metaphor, <laughs> metaphor well sometimes for, no just, <laughs> uh, metaphorically thank you, and, and i 'm always ready to bail if it gets too close to risky maybe a little bit painful, I'm on my way. And that's that self-defense mechanism that put up the wall, and protect myself. And again, when I do that, no one gets to protect me by saying, no, you're wrong. That's not how we think or feel mm-hmm. about you or what you're feeling is not who you really are. All those kinds of things, but I can't tell myself when I'm in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. And so I need somebody else to protect me. You know, It was important for me to wrap myself out because mm-hmm. I don't know that they knew. Uh, certainly in the area had would known there's been times that, I, that I've talked about, I don't know if I belong as an elder element and that I fit in, that I'm, you know, and so forth. Um, but don't know that he ever knew that I always had my bag packed and a letter ready to go. Something clicked to me that I realized that I, I wasn't carrying that bag around so much anymore in the letter. And so I, I shared that with Aaron, uh, I think it was Christmas Eve, actually, late that night. And
1: uh, You made me want to cry, though. I didn't say it there. I didn't get all choked <laughs> up, because, you know... I, I can't tell
2: that in a text, anyway. <laughs> I, I, can't,
1: I can't handle emotion, so... Yeah. But it, it didn't... I actually showed it to Marianne. Did you? I talked yeah.
2: about it, yeah. 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 Um, and so that was that's one episode, or one episode, that's one story uh, in my life of where uh, God has brought healing, and it was through that realization that I don't have to be auditioning all the time, and um, therefore I don't need to, to, I can risk being known.
1: Is there is there a rejection in your life that always wants to rear its head, like you go back to a certain moment or a certain thing that happened?
2: My dad uh, was kicked out of my house, out of our home, when I was less than two years old. And I don't, you know, a two year old doesn't understand why, but also my dad's gone and he moved back to California. We were in Arizona at the time. So all of a sudden my dad's missing. And so I was never uh, able to connect with him. And so I don't know that that is the mechanism or not, you know, yes, but I've just always been very protective.
1: My mom, and, and she doesn't hide there or anything, but you know, she, she's divorced a couple of times. And as kids, you, you know, they say, oh, it's not your fault and stuff, but you always feel like it has something to do with you. And I was a crazy kid, so I assume it had something to do with me. (laughs) And uh, when when she married, the husband she's married to now, she's been, you know, married since I was 16 to him. And I always said, if I can get out of the house, they're going to make it. (laughs) Because I... I know. I, I, I always felt that I I was. The you were problem. destroying it. Yeah, yeah, I was the one who was yeah. who was destroying it. And I'm and I'm not saying I didn't add something to it because again, I I mean I was I was a very. L- I, I didn't seem like I had lots of friends, but I, I was a very I think alone in my heart kid, and I always thought that uh, I was going to be left. Mm-hmm. And so I would go to, to junior high, right? And I would ride my bike home after junior high. And the first thing I would do if no one was home was I would go into my mom's closet to make sure her clothes were still there, that they didn't leave me while I was at school. And I just mm-hmm. I always felt like I was going to be left. And she would, you know, go out uh, to, on, uh, you know, into town with first somebody she was dating or something. And I would call around to find out where she was. You said you're going to be home at this time. Why aren't you home yet? That, because I was just so worried about being left abandoned. And, yeah. yeah, but yeah. but really on the backside of it, I I blame that on myself because you know I I was the crazy kid was making all this stuff happen. You know, re- rejection tells us lies that we believe. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, again, that there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't fit in. I don't you know belong mm-hmm. here.
1: Some, yeah. some sometimes people ask me why I believe in the sovereignty of God so strongly, like I do. It's probably because of what I felt like growing up, because it's like, I believe in, you know, eternal security, the sovereignty of God, the providence of God. I, th- I think because it goes back to how I felt as I was growing up, that, you know, I just, I love the idea of God being who He is and being so much more than me, that, you know, He loves me and has me, even when I'm a total... Knucklehead. Mm -hmm.
2: He's unmovable, unchangeable, and yeah, yeah, he's yeah.
0: So, so with that, you came to (laughs) no. So with that, you came to see the greater acceptance. Yeah. Despite
1: your, it's and it's not that I always live in that greater acceptance. I see it Mm -hmm. and I want to live in it, uh, but but there's lots of times that I react out of self and self-preservation sometimes it's pride like we feel like someone's crossed me or you know sometimes it's like oh how dare you and not understanding that i don't have to have myself that if christ has me i'm had (laughs) You (laughs) you know i'm okay
2: you know the greater acceptance over my biggest rejection um I really do believe that we play a huge role in each other's lives in that regard. I think what the Proverbs 27 talks about affirmation should come from another. Not we shouldn't puff ourselves. We shouldn't speak well of ourselves. We should let others speak well of us. And I, I don't know that we know how to do that well enough. You know that we, how to affirm the good, the what God's doing in each other, um, and so again, I think it comes through people that the greater acceptance. Again, we always talk about being in the hands and feet of Jesus, and that's the same for. Being the the greater acceptance over people's biggest rejections. And so my second marriage to to Deb, um, she really was that for me. I mean, because I, I, you know, my first marriage failed, and without a doubt, my ex-wife, you know, was unfaithful, but I was a total tool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if there's a percentage, I don't know if it was lopsided or not. Anyway, that that marriage uh, ended disastrously, <laughs> and but when I married Deb, um, all that baggage came with me. You know, I, I, again I'm a work in progress, and uh, the progress has been greatest in the last twenty, thirty years than it was in the previous thirty five years. So, um, she was a huge piece of God's grace and mercy to me, and His love and acceptance, that um, then allowed me to have a a tangible expression of who he is towards me. Mm-hmm. It was my first beginning to understand what grace was that allowed me to begin to trust God and allowed me to trust in God, I could begin to trust Deb mm-hmm. with who I was. Um, you know, someone said that you know, living in holiness is living with nothing being hidden. And I thought, that's pretty profound because I was such a hidden guy. Mm-hmm. And struggle with all kinds of things, holiness-wise. Right, <laughs> my sin was just running amok in many, many ways, and in terms of my behaviors and my relational skills, all that stuff. But and when I could begin to live without anything hidden, then God was able to work restoratively in my life.
1: That's one of the goals, I think, of marriage: is it's not happiness in the end; it's holiness.
2: Right. And one thing coming off, you know, the the uh, series on the Holy Spirit, I think, is to this discussion is the whole idea that we have the Holy Spirit living within us mm-hmm. you know in Galatians 220 it's about no matter what i what I screw up and say tomorrow you know in my past he's he's been with me and is with me, and by the Holy Spirit lives what a, what better acceptance or as uh, Steve said that we can give him greater uh, room in our hearts to access the guilt, the shame the mm-hmm. rejection
0: yeah. Thank you both for sharing and and, uh, talking about rejection you have experienced and what God has done in and through your life and continues to do. And uh, we think, uh, we are thankful that we're all work in progress, that it's God's work, not ours. Um, And if you are listening to these stories and you have uh, resonated and and there's something that you've never talked about or you need to talk about, please reach out. Um, There are people here who, uh, would love to hear your story and, and walk you through what it means to start to trust God's grace. That His grace is accepting and that His acceptance is better and greater than any rejection that we have faced. That He knows your story. He cares deeply as a God who grieves with us. Um, and we can celebrate um, and have joy because He accepts us. And then we can go out and tell that story to all who will hear that we are known by a God who is good and does not reject. And we do not have to live in fear of rejection of others, because if they reject us or not, that doesn't mean anything compared to our great God. So with that, we'll see you next week.
2: Does that answer the question? I'm not sure I remember the tone of the question he said, so
1: when <laughs> as you as get About older we just remember kind of the question. Yeah. I'm gonna start talking. <laughs> I don't know where we start. Where we start, I'm just gonna end it here. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs>